Hello and welcome to the Debug Log number 44. Today's show is all about anger, and then more importantly, anger management, I think. Uh, We're talking about gamers. People get pissed when you put games out, (laughs) when big companies put them out, and, and when we put them out. And sometimes those reasons are valid, sometimes people are just trolls, and also there's always a percentage of people that are going to hate something no matter what. So that's fine. Today we'll talk about the different ways people get pissed off at games, whether they be bugs, whether they be design decisions they don't agree with, or updates change the game into a different direction. And we also, more importantly, talk about uh, ways to handle criticism and that negative feedback and that anger when you're putting out your game. You know, we talk about that and talk about ways you can actually communicate better with your players and help everybody just be happy and peaceful and everything all the way around. So, without further ado, this is the Debug Log, episode 44. Is somebody still here? Yeah, I'm still here. He just, oh, he's just waiting. like, God damn it. I'm a part of Obina, yeah, part of a Dwarven Knight played by Obina, just sitting there waiting for us. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, you ready? Yep. Alright. You're listening to the Debug Log, a podcast about game development. My name's Andrew Curry. I'm Obino Opara. I'm Zach Schneider. I'm Ryan Kilgore. And I'm Eduardo Castillo Fernandez. Right. All of us here Yay! tonight. Family talk pot. About, yeah. Talk about a fun subject. But first, before we get started, we're going to send out a plea to you guys to give us an iTunes review, please. I'm going to take a different tack this week. <laughs> Everybody's saying, begging. You're begging for it. <laughs> please. I'm cold. <laughs> give us an iTunes I review. I need some soup. <laughs> But seriously, on iTunes, if you get a chance, go give us a review. You might not think about it. I actually don't think about it sometimes when I a podcast that I love. But it actually helps us, especially a podcast like us who are kind of getting started. We're still getting started after a year. Uh, it helps people see it because iTunes bases all of their rankings and everything on new listeners and new reviews and not on what they have. So it's really important to kind of keep activity turning in there. So do that, and if you hate Apple, just download iTunes, leave a review, delete it. That's our <laughs> recommendation. One day, Google Play or something will take its place as an index. But until then, iTunes is the central source for all that stuff. All right. Tonight, guys, we're going to vent a little bit. <laughs> we're going to talk about anger. This is an anger management episode, I think. <laughs> uh, tonight's topic is about it's, it's about different things. It's about dealing with criticism. When you put your game out, I had this experience when I put my game out, which was a very simple, normal little cave runner game. I'm not going to disparage it. You know, always gets on to me for doing that. It was fine. It was one of my first games, and I did it as a learning experience, but it got caught up in this kind of big bundle indie thing, and it got a little more hype than it probably deserved. And when it came out, people, it got reviewed pretty well. It was, as a result of it getting press, it got reviewed a lot of places. And a lot of places said, oh, this is cool. This is a neat game, blah, blah, blah. But a lot of people, because it got hyped as part of this thing, was like, what is this fucking game? <laughs> it's like, it doesn't change my life and it doesn't do... I was like, no, but I was just learning. I don't know what you guys wanted me to do. It's a dollar. I don't know what you wanted it to be. So, But I got really... I felt... I got really burnt out by that. I got really... I took it personally and I got weird and I was like, I don't want to do games. And I... It's, it's an... Get dealing with criticism and when you put your game out it's you think it's all fun and like oh this is hunky dory but 
statistically, you're gonna people are gonna hate it. There's a statistical percentage of people, no matter what you do, are gonna hate the thing that you do. <laughs> you know, people hate Star Wars. People hate things that are like universally popular. So that's just a, a part of this whole thing, a part of what you're signing up for when you put something out into the world. People are gonna shit it back into your face. You know? Yeah. So because graphic way of putting it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or they'll eat it up and shit it back your face. <laughs> so tonight we're gonna talk about that in general outrage in games and the game industry with players and gamers like we're talking about like some examples of how that's happened in the real world because even big companies even big companies actually screw up more than probably indies do with this but examples of that and why gamers get disappointed the different types of reasons they get disappointed which are valid reasons and we'll talk about that um and then the best part of this we're going to talk about some best practices and what you do once you put your game out there and people start kind of like you know pushing back at you how to handle it because the impulse can be to <laughs> kind of lash out and that's not what you want to do. We'll get into some methods and to help you with that. So tonight, well, first we'll start off with just in general, why people uh, get so freaked out about games. I, the, I got inspired by this topic today because we just, we're going to talk about Pokemon Go again, For I guess. third but, week in a row. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> As is the but, world. Yeah. Apparently over the weekend, they put out a patch and it took away like the feature of like the little footsteps and not that the, it was working though. It did, yeah. it, did it do anything else? Zach? Um, so they, I think they removed the footsteps. They also um, increased the, the flea rate. So the rate in which the, the Pokemon will run away from you if you fail to catch them. And they also um, decreased your chances of catching them. Yeah. Oh, wonderful. So, That'll make everyone happy. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> they'll break out of the Pokeballs more and they'll run away more often. Yeah, and so I understand. That, that, that's just funny. Oh, I was just going to say, that's just funny now that I think about it, about that that stepping thing getting taken out. Because I heard some people at work complaining about that. And it's sort of like, it's like, yeah, but it hadn't worked for like the past two weeks. Now, I guess maybe this is just the nail in the coffin for it. It's like, no, we're not going to fix it. It's just gone now. But Yeah, that was their big thing. I thought they were just taking it out. And I thought, oh, no big deal. But they're saying it's a design decision. And that's part of the thing that we're going to talk about. It's like... <laughs> Who, whose game is it you yeah. know what i mean like they're saying they felt like it should have been this way from the beginning but the problem is they didn't put that game out initially and people liked that initial game a lot they had they made 160 million dollars now they just released today so whose game is it and how does that involve and does that, are they just to be outraged by it and how are they dealing with it how are they poorly dealing with it so it got inspired by that and so and i think the main point to make at the top of this is that Usually when people are critical of a game or they're taking the time usually to freak out about something they don't like, it's because they're disappointed. Like they wanted something and, and they didn't get the thing that they wanted, right? It's not like they, <laughs> what do they always say that like hate isn't the opposite of love, it's indifference, right? Mm -hmm. So if people are hate something, it's because they really wanted to love it or they felt, they feel invested in it somehow. And I mean, I guess you're going to get the normal trolls and you're going to get the people that are like, you should have done this. I should have done that. But I think in nor in general, people want things to be good. I think. I don't know. What do you guys think? Well, sometimes people want to be just be part of it. And even though they didn't program it, they want to give their opinion because there right. are a lot of opinionated people out there. So <laughs> they just want to say what they think. And uh, sometimes they have... Uh, good reasons they want to help you sometimes they just want to say something yeah i agree yeah. with uh, eduardo and just like you know the people and what you said earlier just like they're they care and they're passionate about it and i think 
to speak a little bit more on the Pokemon Go thing is just, you know, that's like a, a brand that's been established from years, you know, before people in their childhood would grow up with this this game that they envision. Like, you know, if I were some Pokemon trainer, this is how I want it to be. And when they, you know, see that come into fruition and then things are stripped away from it that kind of, you know, met the mold or, you know, felt good to them. It just like is very discouraging. Like you said, it's a very a, a huge disappointment for them. And that's where you can get that outrage and get that backlash for, you know, changing something that they thought was good or changing something, you know, what their vision for that game would be, especially for something they grew up on, you know. Yeah. And that, like mentioning that growing up on it, that nostalgia can be a real double edged sword. I mean, like that type of a franchise is a huge multiplier either way. Either it's a critical hit or a critical miss. And you start, so you start fucking with people's like childhood <laughs> memories. And get it wrong, that's usually the critical miss, or at least they start like turning against you very quickly. Yeah. And I think it's hard in this this environment and social like just technology and social media and the internet and all that stuff, is that I think things get started because people actually do get mad or something happens, but then it turns into this like snowball effect. <laughs> you know, they always saw the echo chamber where people just like ah! <laughs> and it's like because we, we have hate flow. Oh yeah, but yeah, it's like the comments. I heard somebody, one author or somebody, that said like, you know, you go through different like periods of technological revolution. Like we had like the information revolution through like the early two thousands, whatever. And now we're in like abundance of comments <laughs> where you can just get everybody giving comments. Is where and that's why like we live in an age where if you look on Amazon or any kind of thing where people have rating systems, they're either a one star or a five star. People are just spewing fire or they're just like, they're like, it's the best thing in the world. You know, people like to kind of polarize. And so it can get out of control where it was just like, I don't like this. I don't like this. It can become part of this campaign where they want to burn down Niantic Labs and all this stuff happens. Like, whoa, 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 whoa. And I think that can also, that cause developers. And I think they kind of did in this instance, they kind of freaked out (laughs) and they didn't communicate for like five days. And that pisses people off even more. We'll get to that. That's all communication. But yeah, so th- that that's a pretty reason. And I just think that happens because I think people also, again, I think people are addicted to outrage and we get into that mode and we want to just fight. You know, that happens with elections. That happens with everything. So that's a deeper, that's another podcast. <laughs> talk about that. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> but I thought first we'll talk about some. But again, like I said, that happens. But at in the, in the ground zero of that outrage, there is an initial thing that is a legitimate concern something happened and there is a point there where people have a problem with it and it's valid and it needs to be addressed and i thought i'd go we go through some of the just typical reasons like in the past that games big games big high profile games have come out and it's just become a shitstorm immediately because and it it really and again the kind of the thing the thread that aligns all this is that it goes that the game didn't meet their expectations in some way. And these are, we're just going to list some of the different ways it didn't meet their expectations. So one of the first things, the biggest thing, just the initial thing when a game comes out, the first thing you can screw up is the launch of your game, <laughs> right? It's like when the game comes out, people get so excited, they'll go, I guess they don't do midnight sales anymore. That used to be a big thing, but with digital and that kind of, but with Steam, you can preload it a few days ahead of time. You're ready. You're getting there. You're staying up. Some people take the day off of work the next day. I was like, I want to play. My game, the next, right when it comes out. And now, though, because, again, it's the Internet thing. We live in this weird thing where the DRM or whatever, for whatever reason, a lot of these games require online access because they want to tag you and the NSA is watching you or whatever it is. 
but that causes a problem. So people want to get on and play their single player game and they're blocked out of it for uh, weeks or a couple of weeks. Uh, the big examples I remember are Diablo three. That was a huge one where people would get into queues and it would, they'd be at like 4,000 in a queue and would not get into a game. I know street fighter, even that street fighter five beta had problems with that. Right. Yeah. That one, that one actually, that had a ton of queuing problems as well as like, you know, like you said, players were, were just back. And then this is for like a fighting game, you know, you'd think it'd be like, you know, Hey, just match this guy to this guy go. But it, yeah, I mean, they, they had a lot of trouble with it. And I mean, it's a very popular franchise and I know a lot of, I'm sure a lot of the players stuck with it, but still it's like, you know, pretty disheartening when, like you said, like, all right, let's go, let's fight. And then, you know, you're like, and queued. All right, let me go get a coffee, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and you don't That's know like- because... Because those at that point, those people like all the devs are there at four o'clock in the morning trying to figure out why their yeah. servers are melting, and it's you don't know what to say, right? It's like I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, and you're trying to get it up, and it just and, and in the case of Diablo three and SimCity, people were waiting for those franchises to come back after like ten or twelve years, yeah, right? and, and then go ahead. No, I was just gonna say yeah, and, and for like a lot of these single player things, like I mean, I kind of kind of get it for like you know battlefield and street fighter where it's like you know multiplayer stuff and diablo 3 had multiplayer as well and i well i guess all these had some dabbling of multiplayer but i mean like SimCity and diablo 3 or um you know they were just had a lot of single player stuff going for them too and just you know i i still to this day don't understand why developers you know try to hook in this online component like you've got to be online to play this you know simple single player experience it's i mean i think SimCity had some reasons because maybe it to be online to contact maybe some of their AI servers or something. I don't know the specifics of it, but you know, still, like you said, it's just it's kind of bullshit when you're like, all right, great, this thing is just like as good as a rock right now because I can't do anything with it. Yeah, and and, and it sucks about that. The, it seems like the tactic for that uh, failure launch has been that it's just it's just part of the process because. The, the economics of that don't work out for those companies because the spike they get on launch is such a high degree. It's like the nth value of like, this is like a thousand times what it'd actually be normally. So why are we going to pay for the servers? We'll just let it crash and just hopefully we weather that storm. And that's, that you know, that's that's a big deal. That's a big thing that a lot of these big companies have been doing. And we'll get to that in a second to <laughs> the next topic is that big companies accept a, a certain amount of failure to begin with because they're like, well, it's this franchise. They'll stick with it. Who cares? I think that pisses people off. Yeah. I'm, well, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if they accept it or it's, it's. I guess. But, they can't, but you're just saying they're just, they're coming that big is just totally incompetent every time. Well, no, I'm just saying that, you know, sometimes you just really can't predict it. Like, you know, because I feel right. like I a lot of true. big companies do do that researching. Like they try to test and stabilize their servers, assuming, you know, X amount of users or con- concurrent users at a certain time but then when it actually hits them it's like oh well this is you know a huge shock to us still and then they have to like ramp up and add, buy more servers uh because the same thing happened with oh my god keep going back to pokemon go but they had the exact they added, same they add a country yeah exactly they had the same problem really uh, with their server issues but anyway i, I don't know sure if i think in our episode about um you know networking when we talked to um Oh, his name is Eric. Name? Eric. Uh, bum, ba, dum, ba, but the bum, game, bum, bum. Uh, the game uh, hosting uh, guy, Eric, Eric Peterson. Yeah, Eric yeah. Peterson. When we talked to him, he was just saying, you know, this seems like it's a very pre- preventable problem where you, you know, can, you know, I guess architect your back end to really handle a, such a large load or at least scale like it properly. Spin up servers to prepare and then spin them back down. Well, yeah. yeah, that I think I think a lot of companies do 
underestimate like just how many like servers or pieces of hardware they'll need or and then maybe there's also some dependencies on if there's like they're on uh, vms or not and you know mm-hmm. shit like that and performance but i think some of them are getting better at trying to prepare for things like this for like you know doing like early releases and alphas and like oh if you pre-purchase you can go online you know like these sort of mechanisms that you know sort of allow a player to be involved earlier and so it makes them feel like a little more like special i guess with the yeah. game and then you know that also allows like you know the back end guys to say okay great now we can maybe just get instead of like you know the 200 million people are going to try to log in at once or whatever great game this is i'm talking about um <laughs> you know it's like instead of having all of those we'll have like maybe say 10 to 20 percent of that and see it's like oh these things topple over well then either we're going to say well we better purchase a lot more hardware or like here's all the shit we need to fix within the next like two weeks and then maybe try it again and see oh maybe we get to like 50 percent of that handling and then then maybe you start to find that sweet spot with where how long do we keep our engineers working on like the right solutions or the low-hanging fruit to make this better and just moving over to like well now money solves the problem yeah and I guess you only get that from experience because even even across like just tech fields that I mean I know when like if you're trying to get on HBO Go and the first few ep- Game of Thrones episodes get on there it just fails because yeah. they don't know how to handle. It. I think it's just it's just part of the thing, and I guess they they get better over time. That stuff gets more stable, so hopefully they get. Uh, that actually, that's another out. thing. This is kind of deviating from our point, our main topic, but just like you know when you when you get to this point in your game. I guess life cycle where you're getting to launch, you're no longer really thinking about the core backend system. So it's not like you can really change much of the backend. So if your core right. base of your networking code is not, uh, you know, efficient to handle such a large load, then you're still going to always get that failed launch uh, to handle that user. And sometimes you just don't know, if you, especially if you haven't used that certain code base. But for these bigger companies that have usually have the same core code base along multiple projects or it, it seems like you would be able to fix it by now, but who knows? Anyway, well, and that's yeah. a good point too, because the next thing, for the typical reason for disappointment is bugs, just in general, not just launch bugs, but just with bugs withstanding throughout the process. And well, uh, the, this would be like a, a design bug, or I don't know, a bad decision in design, because if your backend has is not as optimized as it should be, uh, Vina is right. There's not too much that you can do. Well, that's what I'm saying, though. But but the the big issue I was going to bring up because Bethesda has this with just bugs in general when they release games that happen with Oblivion, happen with Skyrim, happen with Fallout's. And Ryan, you mentioned offline that it's like often hilarious, and that's why you get the funny videos. And yeah. I think it's charming the bugs. And it's not charming when you get game breaking bugs or like when people that play. I think our friend played PS3 the Skyrim and it just did not work. It just stopped working and they couldn't fix it and they didn't know how to fix it. <clears throat> but their their point with the the big cuz the all the Bethesda games are big open world games and limit all these different possibilities and variables and they have this radiant uh quest system where the quests come in different places and and I don't think the kind of funny bugs piss people off. It's just when they get quests and they can't complete quests and they get stuck, right? I even mentioned I had one where I had to like log into the debug console and pass a mission because <laughs> it kept getting stuck in a cutscene. Yeah, and but their argument and it and I I feel for them as a developer because you go they're saying that the amount of variables and things that can happen in this world we would have to have a QA department that it was like a million people to try to and we could still couldn't track them all down yeah. and so they're like with that backend system with the launching and the networking thing there's some bugs once you put it out to 20 million people. You're gonna find stuff. You, you, you is almost impossible to find. Yeah, that actually reminds me of uh, actually uh, the dang. I can't, I never 
Crimson, not the Crimson Skies. What's the new one that's coming out? Procedural generated one. No man's no man's no man's sky. And they were just saying like how impo- I think isn't that why they they I read an article recently that was like you know everyone's going to be in their own world essentially by themselves and not really a multiplayer environment. And it was halfway due to this concept of not being able to predict things you know and how you would interact with another person. So they had to kind of put you in this little bubble of a world in the new game. So. I wonder if that kind of is playing into their decision making on that as well. Yeah, and and but and and as as much as we uh, feel for them as developers, that gets into another kind of theme of people don't understand just how hard this is sometimes, and how like yeah, it's just hard. I mean, when have you ever seen a perfectly working open world game? I mean, you might say people say Witcher Three or something else, but I mean, it's hard. Ben is working on it. Yeah, he's working on it. There you go. <laughs> Better be perfect. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No pressure. Thank you, Eduardo. <laughs> He's just getting. I mean, he's getting more stressed as we go through. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> but it, it just people get regardless of how hard it is or even what it means. People still get pissed because they paid sixty bucks and they have a reason. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, like even if it is hard and it hasn't happened before, you can make the argument. And just to play devil's advocate, you can make the argument. But Bethesda's like, why don't you just? tone down your possibilities and then then you'd have a better working game you know but i don't i don't agree with that but you can see people's point when they get pissed and they want to play their game yeah and i mean it's just about i guess what you value sometimes because maybe some people value stability others value performance others you know just value a fun experience and like we said maybe part of that fun experience is like you know people's heads start rotating like around the wrong axis and they look like those are fun though. yeah (laughs) exactly those are just sort of the funny things but um yeah and it's like you said as a dev sometimes it's like i even do it to other devs You're like is it really that hard to do that i've done some of that before but i mean you don't know like everyone's like sort of you, you haven't really been in their shoes there right. could be some great reason why like isn't it well isn't it easy enough just to get the physics to do that it's like yeah you really don't know how physics systems work you know so uh you know oh crap my screen just died uh come back to us i think okay i'm sorry <laughs> hey, anyway but yeah long story short it's like you know hey it you know i i do it but contextually you just don't know how, what people have to go through but i still get pissed so right some of that uh, go ahead uh, i was just gonna say what like in my experience with Skyrim and these big open world, you know, uh, games that have so many different variations of, of quests and all this content is I just make several saves because I expect something to break. Right. And then, but people would make the argument is that, is that it, shitty yeah. that we're expecting it to break though? Cause we're, you know. I, I, yeah, as a developer, I don't think that's shitty. I just think we have a different, it, yeah, yeah, we yeah. have a different, <laughs> different, like, I guess viewpoint on that, but yeah, some people would say that's broken, but I have met people who just play games casually and do the same thing. They're like, "Oh, oh well," you know. I'm still, yeah. I still get fun out of this game. Yeah, yeah and I, th- I think people only really get pissed. I mean, the physics bugs are always fun when you find a mammoth and it just launches in the air. But when, well, again, if you're OCD and you have a quest in there that you can't complete and it's locked in there, you get pissed or you get locked at some point in the game. So. It's almost almost like when games inconvenience you uh, consistently. Is when right. I, I see people get really, really pissed. Like, for instance, if you can't consistently complete several quests or you consistently have to reload a, per, a certain uh, level. I mean, some games have that built in, but some games that it's just a bug you can't complete. Right. Yeah, um, if you're on the console, you can't log into the debug thing. And change right, it, so. right. Man, I'll tell you one I think subjectively shitty is you mentioned saving. It's just the save game bugs. Like, if you, those are probably some of the most disastrous because it's like, one, 
you know, you uh, players put on all this work, and then to have that maybe potentially wiped out or inaccessible all of a sudden is just like it's probably got to be one of the most frustrating and devastating things. And like, and that seems to be a process that people get some developers get into. And again, I'm not judging too hard, but like that seems like a very testable thing. It's like I don't, you know, I don't understand why that ha- seems to have started happening so often in the past few years. But that that's one that I just it kind of drives me bonkers. Yeah, that that yeah, that is the that is the cardinal sin of I think of bugs. If you're not saving yeah. the game, especially with these big RPGs, that gets horrible. Yeah, yeah. The only thing is, again, from the developer perspective, whenever you when I stop, hear about stop, things, stop, stop being a brown noser. You're like, you're like, you're like, <laughs> exactly. Like, all you developers <laughs> follow me yeah. on LinkedIn. Anyway, yeah. so, <laughs> but you know, just like um, bugs in general, like sometimes when you like test the hell out of a bug, it can creep out of nowhere, like from some series of random, unrelated things, and that bug pops up again. Um, so I don't know. I don't. It's kind of hard to. I don't think they don't test for these things. I think it's it's just it's like it just happened that way or maybe you know because i don't know it, it, actually especially like it's after you're doing like uh dlcs or updating your game occasionally or you do a lot maybe last minute fixes uh it just makes it really easy for new bugs and you know tangential bugs to creep up again and then you really can't predict that i guess so I don't know, anyway yeah, last minute fixes are the oh, worst yeah. because sometimes you fix something and you forget ah, i broke Something else? Yeah. Uh, Regression and unit test, folks. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> unit test. Oh, so cool. those are all failed launches and bugs. Is that that all that's all the technical reasons people get pissed, and then that's that's all that's a very debatable kind of thing. The next stuff is interesting because it's wild, because this is more decisions on the developer's part, like design decisions or uh I guess maybe marketing decisions that genuinely piss people off and it's it's kind of on whether we agree with it or not it is the fault of the developers they made that decision whether they're right or not so the one of the first ones is content we've already talked in the show ad nauseum about destiny how that game came out <laughs> and it had about <laughs> six hours of content or whatever it was it, it, well that's being <laughs> yeah. generous yeah, yeah. and it, it and that and that again that's the, the running theme and how it had to do with expectations people Every one of those Halo games was a fun 10-hour experience, and it felt like this big world and all this stuff. And they're like, we're going to have planets and different planets, and you're on Earth. And you, and we played the beta, and it's like, well, it's just one section of Earth. And you get the game, and it's like, there's like five, how many was it? Four or five four planets environments? Yeah. And it was, it's like yeah, it was one, literally like three, three or four environments. It's like one city on Earth, and you guys have been making this for like six years. And they got this. They had to like kind of sell them their souls a little bit to Activision to kind of get more money to make this thing. You're imagining this uh, huge MMO, but with Halo controls. And it came out. And again, what they do best is they the feel, the controls, the game design of just the mini systems and all that stuff was wonderful. But it just wasn't a lot of content. There wasn't a lot of juice in there, and like it just felt. And people, everybody was pissed. We were pissed, and. And and it took them another what I guess a year and a half to finally put enough DLC out to where it's sad when it's like finally after three DLCs they're like now it has enough content as a shippable game. Yeah, but we messed it up so much now we have to put out a second one. Yeah, and so that that's a weird thing. One of the one of the and that that's also debatable. And they had a bunch of problems with that, and you know they changed and. That's another episode too. But so actually, you <laughs> mentioned uh, like expectations, um, but it's, I don't know if it's like difference between expectations or the the aura or theme that or I guess external 
the presence that you're giving out as the company or the game maker or developer. Or, where, but even your history with Bungie, like I said, you're waiting. Those old titles were had so much more content. It didn't seem like it was as, as big of a deal as Destiny. That's true, but I, that's what I'm saying. Is like how they marketed Destiny is like they made it look like it was going to be this vast, immense yeah, world where you're so much right. in content. So I think it's not even is yeah the expectation they delivered to their player base is like oh this is going to be an amazing experience, ten times better than Hello as far as content. And, you know, involvement or lore would be because, I mean, they even spend as being really lore heavy in the game. So, well, you know what? There there may be, but I like I just don't want to go online and read all the little grimoire cards. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like so there may have been a ton of lore, but, it, you know, it's kind of it's not like Halo where you actually like lived the story. Exactly. And it was spoon fed <laughs> to you. It was like, it, yeah, it, you know, even like, in the later ones, you would walk up to, to like terminals and there would be audio clips playing out of these terminals. So you get backstory within the game. Well, they also had cutscenes and they didn't have right. Destiny yeah. has like two cutscenes. Yeah. <laughs> in that game. Yeah. They spent most just, of their money on the video or the TV advertisements. That's all. Well, they- really what happened <laughs> in that game is I think they did plan a big story. And for whatever reason, they pitched that story like two years out and they didn't like it. And so then you had. That the main story guy who's been on all the Bungie games left, and then it felt like I guess the designers and the programmers and everybody just pieced together story from the elements they had, and it it felt like that. <laughs> they, there was no, it was just very arbitrary in the decision. So we should we should try to get one of them on the show or something. Yeah, we do it. All right, work on that. I mean, okay, <laughs> <laughs> said it on the show. It's gotta happen. <laughs> one of the wilder things that I think is crazy. Do you guys know about the Mass Effect three controversy that happened when that game came out? Because I mean, I'm sure you do, Ryan, and sure you, Zach, you play this game yeah. too. Mm-hmm. That that game came out, and people were so unhappy with the ending of the game, where they did these petitions. They actually changed the ending of a game, of a single player <laughs> game. They went back, and I don't know, and they they added the little kind of denouement and stuff to it, and they but they changed the ending of a game because so people didn't like it. People have to beat the game again and restart, or I guess they could or start just from load the last, last save. save. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. I didn't like that at all, though, because we'll get to that later on. But part of this, I mean, this, I guess it's art plus commerce, like we always say, but this is like you made a decision. I, I, it's so weird to me because it's like yeah. people like, oh, it changed. No, that's what I wanted. I was like, no, but it, that's not, it's all fake. I mean, I don't, you this got another should have ended. This is my fan fiction. You can go see it at www.imanasshole.com. It's like, yeah. <laughs> I, like, I agree with you, man. It's like, just stick to your guns on that. Because, I mean, it, the cat's already out of the bag, too. You can and say, they, no, this is the official ending, but it's like, no, we saw the official ending. It was the one you released before yeah. you got all the shitty feedback. But also, let's work the economics of that for a second. The people that are complaining bought the game and finished it already. Why are you why are you changing and spending all this dev time to make a new ending? For I people that already they thought finished the people that didn't would be more intrigued, be like, oh well now I'll go through this whole game and beat it. But, but and it was the people, people that did game. will come back for Mass Effect four or five. Well, six, but six. that was like this was gonna be the last one and the, the Andromeda's gonna come out. That's like what is it like that was five years ago or six years ago. I mean I don't think that was a lead on to this. I the cynical view of this is that they had in-app purchase models for Mass Effect multiplayer, and they're mm-hmm. like, shit, we need to get make sure people are engaged with this game and get people on that multiplayer, not get people just to delete and throw away this game. Yeah. So that's probably the reason why they did it. <laughs> I, well, yeah, I mean, it, it, they, like people were pissed for a legitimate reason. Yeah. But it, it's like I've never seen that kind of response from a, a like a, 
not just the community manager, but the overall like company. But it's of the story. That's like a yeah. so you can compare this to movie. That's literally like a movie coming out. People well, don't movies like do it. come out with alternate endings. Uh, but Star Wars, yeah. Well, but nobody was demanding that though. I'm saying it's like it's I, like a movie coming out and it not ending right. And people are like, you're right. I guess it is like the director's well, cut. Yeah, but people weren't telling them how <laughs> to end it. They were saying Superman we want a different ending that shows more difference. You know? Good point. Good so point. they didn't say, hey, I, I want this to happen, and they made that happen. They said, hey, I want something different, and they gave them something I different. Said, but with the, with the movie stuff, it, there's a narrative there. There's a there, The director's cut is an implicit idea that the director wanted something, and he's the auteur, and they didn't let him have it, so they're going to let him have it now, and then he's going to, or he or she, and they're going to put it out, and that's the version that they intended from the beginning this is like no we intended this but now like oh crap you didn't like it let's change it for yeah, no reason yeah, but aren't the players the real directors of i'm sorry it's like some like we'll get know, to I that think, later we'll yeah, get to yeah. that point later <laughs> but oh, i got one, one more beef about you talking about the director's cut i'm still just i'm still miffed about them cutting the ewok celebration out of jedi yeah that's there. the best part of the yeah, yeah. i get it it was an it was a galactic thing but i want to see the ewoks and yep yep yeah. Yep, yep. Uh, that grounds the whole the galactic orcs. thing. You can show them galactics. What? Oh, Get you're off talking the to me about manga today. So don't you start? <laughs> yeah, don't even. Don't. We're even. all dorks here. <laughs> all right. The other one is the the one that really pisses people off immediately is like monetary things with the whole new world of DLC we have now and in-app purchases and microtransactions. They people get pit and uh, observably so because I mean we even said the Pokemon. It feels like the people got pissed because it feels like they want you to buy more Poke Pokeballs because. Now it's harder to get them, and you waste all that stuff, and and so that that's a common thing. I remember the first the first controversy I remember of this is um well wait, we have a fun article a cracked article we'll put in the show notes and it lists that and it lists some other ones but the the horse armor in Skyrim or no in uh, Oblivion where people yeah. got so pissed they were charging like at that time is two fifty doesn't sound like a lot these days but this was ten years ago two fifty for a horse armor that did nothing. And people got people lost their minds over this because it was just a cosmetic thing. But now it sounds weird me saying that people listening to the show are like, "What are you talking about?" I play for cosmetics. I pay for cos. But it, it, at that time, that that showed you the kind of world you're in. It's like it does it does nothing. And people and people got so pissed at that and it's like that. But now people get pissed at the same kind of thing where there's a lot of controversies. Fighting games where you ship the DLC. Like they literally, we've talked about this before on the show. They have. They have the the content, the assets are on the disc, <laughs> but you have to pay later on to unlock them, and that that people go nuts over that stuff. I don't. Is, you know, this one, this is one that I don't really understand because you're usually under no obligation, and by usually I mean like almost always under no obligation to pay for these things. These are all you know user driven. You could decide whether you want to pay two fifty to buy, you know, unlock this horse armor, or right. you know buy more pokeballs and and i think another ish another point actually to like the whole pokemon go thing is you know it they're they're you know increasing the chance of pokemon running away could just be like a response you know developer response to you know the level of hacking or the level of people using these was well, it pokey radar it in three weeks right yeah <laughs> yeah some guy finished it. in like a couple of days or something and it's like you know we'll just make it a little harder we want this to last this is our decision our design decision let's you know try to curtail this abuse of our game in another way and that's what people do that's what developers are allowed and entitled to do is but but again the other again well, the I, advocate is that 
if you're taking away player freedom and player choice, are you? It's their game. It's well, it's their game. <laughs> but that's the question: whose game is it? Once you put it on the world, if the people accepted this game and they like it, they have a right to be pissed I, that you you made a less like a less uh, less choices in a game that they don't actually like. Sure, sure, and not to mention they they lied about what they did. Lie, whoa, whoa! This is very hard. there, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so they said that. Well, Someone's for one reason, right. one one instance, they said the the Pokemon tracking that bug occurred because people were using these maps that find all the Pokemon. That bug occurred before the maps came out, right? So now in this new version, they removed all the Pokemon tracking and then limited access to their API online, right? And then they said, "Oh, hey, yeah, we removed this because of the uh, the those maps that are online, yeah, and those are what bullshit. those are what are breaking it." But it like the order of events is completely off. Yeah, who knows? Well, yeah, you know, you 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 don't know this for sure, like but JFK I can see all of a sudden. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, you I mean, you can I don't know if you can necessarily blame them because if people are using these APIs and all these apps to just go and find and immediately harvest these things. Again, it goes back to them trying. I mean, they're a company. There are people working there that need to make a living. And, you know, it's like if people can just subvert this so easily and they can't make money off it, they're not going to make you more shit later. Exactly. So, I mean, again, it's always a double-edged sword. There's well, cause you, sides, and you can't but, blame them for – that's the thing. It's like if people hacking it, making maps, makes them find it in two weeks. Because you even said yourself last week, Zach, that you said mm-hmm. once you find all of them, you're giving it up. Yeah. So if they designed a game that should last a year. Well, because it's a poorly designed game. Well, but that doesn't matter. Well, that's not their opinion, though. So if well, you, it's if a collection game. Yeah, but if, if you design right. a game that should last months and people are hacking it to make it last three weeks, then they're going to do what they can to stop that. And again, it sucks because then you've gotten used to the hacks. Right, right. Then, but then when they stop that, those people who hacked it, do you think they're going to continue playing? I know, but what stop? should they do, though? Should they let everybody just keep hacking? Exactly. And then it goes back to our, our cheater episode, too. It's like, you know, yeah. sometimes it's the uh-huh. trade off. Like, what's your vision for the game versus what everybody else wants it to be? You don't have to always say, hey, okay, I'll do exactly what you want to do. Or because it, you know, it initially didn't come out or people aren't receiving it the way you wanted it to be received. Yeah. You should. And that, that, that's actually a, another good point because, you know, they, there is a, a sort of a PVP aspect of this game. So mm-hmm. if these cheaters can go out and like level up and evolve all these like big Pokemons and then just drop them on gyms and then all these legit players just don't have a chance exactly. at getting these back or it's very, very difficult, mm-hmm. then, you know, that, that, that has a ripple effect. It's like using an aimbot in Overwatch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, the, the, the issue with this particular the game is it still is like that even without cheating. Because you if somebody plays normally for what, like, two, three weeks, they're going to be a, a much higher level. You start at level five, that's when you can access gyms. Mm-hmm. There's absolutely no way you can compete with this gym with somebody who's level 10. But well, there might be a little bit of a little bit of leeway there, but for the most right, part, right. these but, this disparity in levels and just the whole mechanic of fighting in these gyms <laughs> makes it like impossible. So. Yeah, but that's I mean, like, what do you want? You want them to like level like level everybody like in an MMO? It's like, well, that guild's too powerful. Well, they sunk the time into it, you yeah, know. Exactly. But it's but it's a that's I think there's a distinct difference between that. And then people saying, "Oh yeah, we didn't really, we didn't sink the time into it. We just like cherry picked with a knowledge that most players don't have to actually like buff our stuff up. Yeah. You know, it's like using a dupe bug in that MMO, and all of a sudden your guild's got like thirty flaming swords. Well, and and it's that's like, unfair know. too, because I mean, yeah. I, I understand the argument on your side, Zach, because because mm-hmm. we were in talking about it. It's like, oh, this would make the game more fun if they had better." Uh, tools to find them and look for them and stuff and but that's hacks and you making a design decision that they didn't make 
and then you blaming them for not being better game designers. And, and, and I understand it, but it's also it's like, well, that's not our fault. Well, like, well this is also, our game, you know. The issue is <laughs> they had that ability. They had no, the ability to track at the start. We are, right? What? This is hilarious. They had the ability to track down these Pokemon <laughs> at the start. Yeah, keep fighting, keep fighting. Hold on, hold on. I want to make everybody wanna, clear that Zach is still playing this game. So he... <laughs> What's funny is this, this podcast is slowly uh, becoming not, the Pokemon yeah, Go Maybe podcast. not legally. <laughs> <laughs> the Pokecast. Yeah. The Pokecast. Yeah. Uh, Reroll the arm, Andrew. All right, let's move on. Anything. Let's move on. Wait, wait. Oh, yeah. Last right. point about this Pokemon thing. It's just like. Oh, God, Jesus. <laughs> okay. He's got to get the last shot. <laughs> we in can it. move on. We can move on. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no. Go ahead. No, no. I was just saying, like, the <laughs> when people are, like, hacking the games, that's why I think they, that's why they had to scale a different way or to make change design. And so it is hard and it is to- them it, i think it is i agree zach i think it is i'm sorry Vina, but i think it is them making a mistake to your point like you I'm said sorry, they, here comes my point no no i'm just <laughs> God, Jesus, i have something more important to say no but I, what you're saying is i think it is them but making I'm sorry, a mistake i think it is them making mistake like you're saying obina or you're not saying they're making a mistake they're changing it but zach's point of view is that they're changing it but that's a fault on their part sure right Sure, but yeah. that, that's like a bug. Like if you made a right. bug and you're going to ignore it just because you made a bug, that's that's not a good argument. You could fix your bug. Well, they made a feature and then decided they didn't like it and removed it because it became more of a bug, a bug than a feature. But it was it, it wasn't a bug at that point. <laughs> Fair. Just get over it, Zach. Just forget about that. He's still gonna. He's play still gonna right play. <laughs> well, yeah, but the, I, I'm I think not all the hackers are gonna still try to hack. I am the no game. longer gonna play. Yeah, no, I'm. I'm gonna hack it because I'm not gonna play with like their new rules. Until okay, fight the power, man. <laughs> all right, I will. <laughs> Related to that is the, the last reason for disappointment is design decisions. What that is, Pokemon's the the same thing we talk about because this is this has to do with updating a game and changing the design of the game and the other one we're not gonna talk about pokemon anymore the other one is the division because they did this oh. i know where they you guys got into this pretty heavily but then they was like it was almost the same thing or like yeah, oh, I, oh no I people are into I've, this for a while and then zach's like i'm not playing this anymore because they just yeah totally i don't think i've ever game. hard stopped a game like the division because that's like the just same thing right complete cold drop it yeah why it, like, well, because they they changed, they did the exact same thing that Pokemon Go did, which is they took this whole system they had built up from the start and just made it incredibly hard, right? So they say, okay, well, we're going to give you this number of materials re- for rewards for this thing, and this is going to cost X amount, right? Then they go, oh shit, everybody's crafting stuff too fast, so let's make this, you know, instead of you getting five uh, pieces of material for winning this, you get one. And then it's going to cost not 10 anymore, but now it's going to cost 30, right? So then you're like, wait, what? So I've been I've been grinding, you know, I, I've just gotten up to level where I can get these materials. And now you're saying the person next to me is going to be able to, or already has all these materials stacked up and they can go build whatever they want. But I'm still going to have to sit here and play for another 18 hours just to get this one thing. And they've, they can build 15. Yeah, that, that is frustrating, especially as a player and. Um, I, I would think maybe as a dev or one thing I, you know, try to do or remember is like maybe try to make it harder 
or more expensive first because exactly pe- yeah. people are going to be much easier with the idea of a change if it's like yeah uh we were charging for this thing but now it's like no, we're not going to charge for that anymore you know it's like or we, we're dropping the cost of this you know because we see that it's ex- too expensive and we, we've seen you run the numbers and heard it like yeah in the division too it's like you know hey this you know if they had made it just really expensive to do all these things at first and people were really scrambling to get these guns you know the rest of the player base is going to take it a lot better if you all of a sudden you say hey well you know what it's now half the cost to do all this thing because our models weren't quite what we wanted them to be and you know we want this many guns spreading throughout the economy now granted you do piss off the people that like grind did a grind to get those things but like if you look at the population who's going to like benefit from that versus the people that are going to get gripey on a message board then it's like you know you're going to make more people happy than you are going to hurt people probably so and those guys still have those good guns too yeah sorry zach i just wanted to say i kind of it kind of goes reference back to uh what ryan was saying earlier about um you know you're almost like damned if you do damned if you don't for for this case is like when you have a, a a feature or something about aspect about your game some system design uh decision that was made pre-launch that you made and then it gets to the to the hands of the the player and it turns out that they can grind these weapons grind these materials and build a player or a character that doesn't doesn't really fit in what they decided the scale should be for their game and they try to scale it back or scale it up or somehow cha- alter it from the initial decision um i think you're damned like you're damned if you do damn you don't because if you don't do anything, they're just going to grind it out and then eventually end, stop playing the game anyway because they've reached the max level or it's almost pointless to keep grinding. And if you're damned if you do, if because the people that are grinding now will drop the game like Zach did or, or stop playing because it's not fun anymore. But then you still have people who come in later and then they actually get to experience the game as you intended. So, I mean, either way, I think you're, you're right. going to lose players either way, I think. Well, the, the problem with that, like... There could be winning if what you like. I feel like the the last part of your damned speech there was was uh, like pretty accurate. It would have been really good if that were the case. But the case is this is an MMO, right? So you have players who have already grind, uh, grinded, I guess. Ground? ground. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, that's a weird term. Anyways, um, who have already ground out all these things and already have all these high level gear, and then you limit that for new people coming in. You just create that big disparity between levels, and that people are just getting creamed. I don't yeah, know. No, in I, this I, type of case, I I, I agree with um, Ryan. I prefer to make it really expensive at the beginning, yeah, and uh, then just make it easier for players. For me, this problem, the division, sounds like uh, uh, a bad uh, balancing decision. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think that's. I think that should be like our our motto. <laughs> that we should like let leave people with is just to you know it's better i think ryan put this earlier i said it a different way and just like it's better to start charging or it's better to stop charging than to start charging or better to have it harder in the beginning and then scale down in the end yes yeah good point what he said <laughs> that, the, the venting part of the show went longer than i thought it would Let's let's go let's go into best practices because okay those are the reasons why these big companies and again that's a contentious topic of why they messed up or what happened or why the reasons all that stuff but if you're an indie dev or you're just a dev or whatever it is we started the show talking about when you put out a game you're gonna come against criticism and 
you you got to know how to handle it. So let's talk about some best practices of dealing with that outrage, dealing with anger, dealing with all those things that come at you. No matter <laughs> even even if it's your fault, right? We're not even talking about right or wrong here. We're talking about how you deal with it. And I think the first when I I talked I started with this story about my game. I think the first thing that I should have learned is don't take it personally first of all, right? You can't get into it, and also don't react immediately. I remember actually I'm not proud of this actually. <laughs> On one of the, the reviews that posted this, some or, or something, or somewhere, some people were talking about it, maybe some chat thing or something in my game, and they're like, "This is like this is part of the thing. This is the clone. This is the thing." And I was like, "Hey guys, maybe you should cool off." <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I posted this thing. It's like some fake name. And I was like, "It's just a game. Have fun." Yeah, <laughs> because this people like, awesome because you yeah. get so frustrated. I was talking to Zach about this today because I was like. They don't understand the context I context I had of making this game. It was for me. It was just a learning thing, and it got caught up in this, you know, the sale. But people were just like, "What the fuck is this? This my life is ruined because of this game." And I was like, <laughs> "Guys, it's a dollar. I don't know why you guys, because when I mean, you got have you guys felt this before? If you put something out in the world and you don't understand why people like, it's just a, it's either free or it's a dollar. It's an inconsequential thing." <laughs> And people react so strongly to it's it. It's kind I'm of like, like almost the feeling like for the art folk out there, like when you put out, or even like when for uh, all developers who may put out a, um, an early, you know, early example of their game or something that's just for like testable or testing a new UI element and you put that and give it to someone and they're like, what the hell is this? What kind of UI is this? It doesn't make any sense. And they give you all this negative vibe or negative feedback when you're like, really, I just wanted to test you know, I was just testing the right. look and feel of this. Or, or they, they criticize the wrong thing. Oh, this UI looks awful. He's like, dude, it's just test. Just fuck yeah, with Yeah, that's just play. programmer art. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just recently, uh, I guess, released a uh, a game to review from one of our, uh, our clients. And um, <laughs> I've, I've received uh, a, a pretty lengthy bug log back from them. But a lot of them require me not to react immediately because they're... Um, they're, they're not, they're just, some of them just aren't bugs, but they're, they're what I guess is important to them. For instance, one of them is something says good job, but the audio that's behind it says great job. Like something like that. If I were to, to react to that or take it personally and because they're basically telling me I did something wrong, right? but it's something so small and so insignificant to the over overall structure of the game that it's something that doesn't need to be dealt with at the moment and that's they're a, saying that's a very high priority and that's why it's so important again to be there's another thing to be patient with that stuff too because it's all about the point of view they're having because they're coming to this like what is this game and i was like and and we're reacting and that's when you can't take it personally because we're reacting it's like it took me five months to make this and it was hard and that you told me to do this or i i did this and i it took me forever to get this networking thing to work and you're just saying this sucks it's true. Yeah, you, have to, you have to be really patient and have thick skin to don't right. react immediately yeah, because you, you're like, oh, I want to get this guy. Yeah. yeah. Another good point that you're kind of saying uh, is just like you have to know your audience, like knowing right, who you're dealing right. with. You're not always going to... from, right. Yeah, exactly. You're not always dealing with another developer, not, not another indie developer or a AAA developer that knows the ins and outs of... I think I may have skipped ahead. Sorry. <laughs> like the ins no, and we'll outs of game fine. development. Yeah. Um, so you need to really know who you're talking to and who you're showing your game to and what to expect. Uh, and when you when you understand that, I think you're better capable to... Uh, or cope with the kind of feedback they may give you. Like if they're saying, you know, mm-hmm. this 
great got job should be good job. And you're like, oh, duh, I know that because I'm a dev. You just don't know that the pro- right. what the process looks like. So that's something we handle later. Right. So yeah, it's, it, uh, you you made a really good point. You have to um, take care, not take care. Uh, be careful to who you listen to because sometimes they just want to say something, but sometimes they they want to help you. Like um, on Saturday. Um, you know, on Facebook usually it's uh, a screenshot. A screenshot on Saturday, <laughs> and um, I posted a couple of uh, picture, uh, screenshots of my Hangman game. And uh, oh. one guy said, "Oh, you have um, for Spanish um, ES, which is the international abbreviation for Spanish." And in another screen, I had SP, and he said, "Oh, it would be good if you have um, ES in both of them." And uh, it's just a detail, but it was a good point for him. He helped me, and actually, I changed it. So if you're like, oh, it's just a detail. I'm not going to change anything, and you take it the wrong way, uh, you have to think that some people are just trying to help you. Yeah, right. Yeah, because there's, there's, there's criticism, and then there's constructive criticism, right? Yeah. It's like the people who come like and do those type of things, I welcome that. It's like like you said, he helped. He pointed out, or he or she, I don't know who it was, but um, you know, he pointed out an inconsistency, and um, you know, they gave you some feedback that was helpful. Now, if it's just some person who's like, oh, you, you know, you the color blue is stupid, idiot. You know, it's like okay, well, that <laughs> obviously is not helpful in any way. You know, and it it still hurts, but you know, at the same time, it you gotta just kind of like like just brush that stuff off well, just like kind of sidestep it because they're just they're just being idiots they're not being helpful well and it's like the internet because again there's a line and we can talk about that it's like between being irrational and irrational and people there are just trolls and there are just people that are know-it-alls and they want to just comment on everything but in general a lot of there's a there's a, a, a often a very normal occurrence on the internet is people will say this sucks blah blah and instead of you going, well, you suck. Your mom sucks. Blah blah. If you just go, I'm sorry, man. <laughs> just go I didn't, through the family. I, well, but if you just go, if you're gracious and polite and go, hey, man, I'm sorry. Like, yeah, I've been working on this. Like, I see what you're saying, or or you don't. Sometimes people just respond back like, oh, I'm sorry, man. I was just in a bad mood. Like, you know, like if people people feel like they want to start a fight, and if you don't start a fight, sometimes you can start a conversation. And that's that's just a general tip for the oh, internet in general. Know, but right? like, don't yeah. fight. In this in this political season in the United States, <laughs> let's just start conversations. But because it take because this is all about handling the criticism. It's about that. You, all you can do is just polite and say, "Well, thanks for playing. I'm sorry you didn't like it," and you move on. Because again, you have to realize that nobody, everybody's not going to like your game. Like I said, Obina. Everybody doesn't like Star Wars like you, but like, but, but. No, just don't mean it doesn't like yeah, Star Wars. Oh, that's what I'm saying, like yeah. yeah. No, you don't. I just, I'm not a super fan. But. You have a Boba Fett helmet? You don't like Star Wars. But, it, and the, yeah. You have no Star Wars memorabilia in your house, you don't like Star Wars. I actually do have a, whatchamacallit, a little bobblehead. Shut up! Uh, no, yeah, no, I know, no, you, see, you just ruined it. <laughs> But like Ryan said, it's hard because people will say like, blah, 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 you suck. But sometimes there are hidden gems in those shitty comments because they they might be making a point and you have to really be concerned about also the same in the same vein. If somebody is positive, but they say something, don't just follow it right away because you're not looking for one comment. You're not looking for one shitty comment. You're looking for 30 people, some shitty, some positive, making the sort of same comment it's like a trend you're seeing there and you're like, Oh, wait a second. Maybe I should make that more readable or maybe I should change the SP to ES. <laughs> like, you know, Eduardo mm-hmm. said, you know, cause then, cause even despite people being dicks, they might have a point. 
sometimes. Yeah, that's, that's the point. Yeah, and that's well, why you can't like, take it personally. Yeah, it's kind of like what you were saying with you know, uh, well, I guess kind of relatable is like with Bungie and how their controls feel tight. You know, say you know you, you do something like that, your first iterations aren't always going to be perfect. You know, I'm sure they put it out there a few times, and there was trends of. You know, people saying, I don't know if they'll say it sucks. You know, what sucks? It's like, oh, it's sluggish or something. I don't know. But, you know, you get enough people saying it's sluggish, non-responsive. You know, all of a sudden you're like, oh, some of these people who are saying it's shitty. You know, you start to be able to sort of correlate this stuff to, oh, it's our input system. Now, granted, again, Bungie has a great input system. It, it feels fucking fantastic. But I'm sure that was over years of iteration. And, you know, getting feedback like, oh, this is shitty. This, this doesn't feel good. And, you know, it's just you've got to sometimes you know, sweep together all the turds and find the little nuggets of, like, wisdom <laughs> yeah, in them. Just, yeah, that's so really a weird analogy. Find the diamonds in the turds, guys. Come exactly. on, what is it? All right, so we taught you how to handle criticism. The be- other best practice of this is that's how that that's a way to just not react emotionally and just wait. And so these are preventative ways. Now we're going to talk about the C word, communication. Because communica- oh, that one. Yeah, that's your... <laughs> communication is... is is the number one reason, even for those big, like, kind of kerfuffles we mentioned before, people mess up the EA messes up the game, Blizzard messes up the game. Sometimes if they just communicated, or even like the Pokemon Go again, geez, they, if they would just talk to everybody every day over the weekend, they might have felt better and might have known what's happening. So the biggest thing going into this is, this is like, this again, I guess I'm the only father on this podcast that makes me feel weird. <laughs> it's the same way as parenting is it's all about <laughs> managing expectations with people this works with clients this works with gamers this works with kids is that people like as long as you're managing expectations and make sure they know what they can expect know what you're doing know why you're doing it you don't have problems it's only when they feel like they've been overpromised, that they feel like things are being they're being surprised by things they didn't expect is when they freak out and have a tantrum on the floor yeah. So the first part of that in, as a developer is being transparent. And we do this because as developers, we can get in our own little world, like you guys said before, and then we don't realize that people don't even understand how games are, you know, 3D stuff works, how stuff is coded. They don't understand the process or how hard some things are. We deal well, with but sometimes that's all the time. Well, that's difficult, Andrew, because you want to present your game like it's awesome and it's the best thing in the world. So... Uh, it's hard to find a balance between that. Oh, yeah. And, uh, no, absolutely. And we'll talk about being too much, tr- too transparent later on. But, like, yeah, <laughs> that's the deal. It's like you don't you don't want to go overboard, but you can be transparent about what they should ex- expect, right, maybe, and what they can think and, like, what they're expecting from the game. Because I think people get pissed when Kickstarter – we didn't even mention Kickstarter stuff in this. Like, Kickstarter, they promise the world or – Again, Peter Molyneux, we've talked about before. He's like, the game will change the entire, you know, universe. Where humans and, communicate. Yeah. yeah. And then it's like, yeah, it's a fun RPG. But, I mean, it didn't, you know, it didn't change my life. I don't know what you're talking about. So, so you had that problem. It's, it's more like managing their emotions and managing expectations. And the way to do this is do the stuff that a lot of people are already doing, what we're doing right now. You blog, you make a YouTube channel, where you make videos, and you show what you're working on, do Twitch streams, you do podcasts. I, that makes pains me. Don't compete with us. <laughs> Don't do it. <laughs> or come on our show. Come on the debug lounge. Go, yeah. Come on the yeah. debug lounge and share what you're doing. There you go. Um, because that helps because people don't – they fun times they don't feel like they have something to share. But just start sharing from the beginning because people will get on board and it really builds a community. And, but they also are aware of – if you're explaining every day – 
the decisions you're making, why you plan those decisions, why, you know, the, the thought process going into each and every single thing in the game, they might disagree with it, but they can't, I mean, I don't know if, they, if they're pissed at you then, I was like, well, okay, man, go play one of the other thousand games coming out today. I don't know what you, what do you want from me? This is my thing. So. But I don't do you know. You cannot share um, with the players or clients or whoever every day because how much time are you going to waste on that? If you're an indie developer, you're. Well, I'm not saying. I'm saying just whatever. I mean, people have dead blogs. I mean, whatever is comfortable with you. But I'm just saying, share it your own, whatever, whatever you could fit into it. But I think it's important to at least communicate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, definitely, you know, definitely. the roadmap and stuff you're working on. Yeah, and it also helps with marketing yep. too. So. Mm-hmm. And so that being said, this is what you were talking about, Eduardo. This is the <laughs> don't be careful if you're sharing that, doing that. That's that's all you can do, and people still get pissed with you. I don't know. That's what we tell people. It's like, well, there's still other stuff for you to enjoy. I'm sorry, move on. <laughs> but you also have to be careful of, kind of supplicating to people and actually saying, oh, here you go. That people get pissed, and you just overshare. You tell them, or you say, what should I do? Because that's a big problem when I when you develop games, you can get burnt out from people just shitting on your game twenty four seven. You're like, what do you want me to do? I don't know. You want me to add four characters? I'll do that. I, that's fine. You want me just, to change the ending once it's yeah, released? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Mass Effect three. Will you want me to change the ending? I'll we'll, we'll spend a million dollars and do that. Fine. And the reason you have to be careful of that is because the, a few different reasons. Because one is people that aren't developers. And the, I've, I've seen this across graphic design, across web design, web dev, which everybody here shits on all the time. I don't know why. But other stuff. Subspecies. What? what? Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> but people who aren't, a pro, who aren't familiar with production or the process and they don't understand a product when it's in the kind of a planning stage into a final form, they don't see they'll, – they'll give – sometimes they'll give feedback for feedback's sake. This is part of like the you know Hollywood executive. They give notes like maybe you should have a dog or something. I don't know. That's fun <laughs> because they because they don't understand like what you see as little doodles will be become you know gears of war someday. Right? They don't see that. So a lot of times people aren't understand how the sausage is made. They just they they give random comments that aren't whoa, whoa, that aren't actually part. Of, they don't do anything. Yeah. So you know, there, there's, kind of, well, there's kind of a fun thing you can do, which um, I, I forget what it's exactly called, but basically I think there was this animator at one point that would like, you know, he would take stuff to be, you know, reviewed or criticized at his company, and he would always put in something just totally like, it wasn't even supposed to be there. Like, you know, he'd, there'd be a scene all of a sudden, he'd, you know, of two people like having a conversation and there'd just be this weird duck over to the side there. And he did that because what he was doing was like basically getting, getting rid of all the nitpicky shit, like right, the really right. you know, stupid stuff. Because like if they looked at it and didn't say anything, there wasn't any glaring errors in the actual, say, conversation he wanted to get across or whatever this was, you know, and they would point out, yeah, but can we get rid of that duck because it looks dumb? Because everybody wants to like put some paint like, you know, on the house mm-hmm. when it's being built and so it was just a kind of a neat way to say like hey i want to filter out the noise by actually kind of doing a little extra work to put something i never plan on putting out there now that you can't always do that but you know at least you know you know maybe for trying to force people down us well not force people down a track but you understand what i'm saying it's like right basically yeah. by putting that false thing there it's really sort of like taken away from them like nitpicking at some other shit i'm i'm totally guilty of doing this uh, in, in one of the games I worked on recently, uh, I had uh, pretty long loading times 
Uh, so actually, on the loading screen, what I did was I flipped the American flag backwards. Uh, on the terrorist. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> you terrorist. How dare you desecrate <laughs> the flag? <laughs> I set it on um, fire in a little gift. And then, uh, <laughs> exactly. But it, funny, like it, it works because that's they noticed that and not the okay. It took an extra ten seconds to load. <laughs> You're this is cheating. like turning into like tactics for managers. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, <laughs> I used to do that too. I used to, yeah. I used to have a manager that was just like, like, like pathologically, he would tell you to change something. And when I just worked on graphic stuff, and I would just pull up like Mac, like file system. I'm like, I'm just looking through files and organizing files. Dude. I would not show anything on screen that he could like change that right there, you know, because people just do that and that. So yeah, you yeah. could so deceive your managers. I guess that's the message we have I mean, there. I but, think this that's that's a good if it doesn't if you're not comfortable with tuning out. I guess because I think you're you originally want to or initially want to be uh, comfortable with be basically tuning out what you don't want to hear or or like uh. Well, like you said earlier, that. like making sure you know who your audience is. Exactly, you making sure you know beta testers. That should right. be your first instead of like forcing yourself to put in random things in your game or something. Right. But well, I mean, it, it's not like I, I went out of my way to put this in. I just inversed an image, right? But there's there's also instances it's not where an image. it's the flag. <laughs> it's the American yeah. flag. <laughs> it was the entire image. Okay, it just looks all right, whatever. Anyways, <laughs> uh, there, there's another instance in, in this actual in the same game where somebody was saying, okay, the character moves too slow, so I, I increased it by X amount, and they go, okay, they're moving too fast, right? And then I switch it back to mid, uh, like a medium range. Oh, they're like, no, they're moving too slow again. So what I, what I did was I just changed the height of the player just a little bit, and now they're like, oh, it's perfect. And you're like, okay, well, I didn't change the speed. All right, and that... Yeah, and, that, and that's the thing, and it goes into, like, I mean, I said, that you have to know your people, you know, who's looking at this, and you have to... Again, you have to look at not just what they're saying, but because sometimes even hidden in that is something that's useful. Yeah, you know, it's exactly. like, well, you're saying this, but you don't know how to articulate. But they're, yeah, they're really saying that the character controller feels weird. It's not that. Yeah, that's right. what they're yeah. saying. Yeah. So it's like, well, I'm not going to listen to what you're saying there, but I'm going to make this other change and they'll fix that. Yeah. So you do yeah, that. They may not be devs. They're just making guesses. Mm-hmm. You know? Right. Uh, the other One of the other things you have to be careful of is actually when you have games out there, this happens on the App Store a lot where people was like, this game is a one-star review, but if you fix the progression system, oh, yeah. I will give it a four-star review. Like, exactly. screw you, man. I was like, I don't know what's... Again, that's a, we can skip past that. That's fine. <laughs> um, the other st- extortion or something. <laughs> yeah. The other stuff you have to be careful of is when this is when you solicit feedback or just when you release a game, but also if you're in beta testing. Again, it's like, again, knowing your audience... But you don't have to listen to them all the time. Again, the, the game design, game development, all the stuff, it is commerce, but we're making stuff that you're making artistic decisions, yeah. right? And so you can't just listen to people and say, well, you want another system? Fine, I'll have that. You want to like, no, you need to take their feedback, but you're the artist here. You need to look at that. Like there's the famous, the quote that Steve Jobs always said, because he said the customers don't know what they want until I show it to him. <laughs> but he always quoted Henry Ford when he said, if I asked people what they wanted, they would have said faster horses <laughs> before he invented the car. You know, they made the car. He didn't invent the car. They made cars. So people sometimes they don't, they can't articulate the thing they like. They'll, they'll just kind of design by committee until they get to just this amalgam of crap. But if you just say, here's a cool creation that you couldn't have imagined, that's kind of your artistic, unique vision that you can bring onto the world of game design and all that stuff. So be careful of 
kowtowing to those people sometimes. Like, you need to listen to them. And if a lot of people have problems with controls and stuff, you can't... Again, it's a, it's a fine line you have to walk, but just make sure you keep some bit of artistic integrity. That's what I'm going to say about that. <laughs> you know. And, and tell us how you're really feeling. Well, yeah, but you don't have to be scared. Again, being an artist, is about, it's about making choices. It's about saying, I made this choice, and now I'm going to see how people react to that, and then I'll make another choice. It's not necessarily going... Well, let's see if the, I'll just do what they say now, right? So, and again, like, again, with feedback, the last couple of things are, the, the last two points are in their kind of juxtaposition to each other. One is that of everything we've said, you need to listen to people. But after a while, if people are being irrational, again, of being offensive and all that stuff, that's easy to tell. But if you get into some kind of back and forth with somebody and they're just being dumb, just blow it off. Move on. It's not worth your time. Yeah, but, most of the time it happens when you don't differentiate between uh, facts and opinions. If someone is right. arguing that, uh, oh, the color blue, like Ryan said, is dumb, dude, that's an opinion. And But <laughs> then again, that. that's your nope. choice. Facts. That's your choice as an artist. You say, I want to do that. <laughs> so I'm sorry you didn't like it. Again, play one of the thousand games coming out today. Yeah. <laughs> that being said, all of this being said, especially if we just warned you against everything, <laughs> one of the things you can actually do is to make sure to bring out the people in your community that might not be communicating with you is solicit feedback. Because a lot of times the people that bitch about a game are a vocal minority. They're the people that's like, this sucks, or I, again, like they have some kind of gear to grind and they don't want to do stuff. But a lot of the people that said, oh, this is fun, I like it, or this is really cool, they're not going to comment on your game sometimes. Yeah, I think that it almost goes back to like, you know, like even like uh, food reviews or like Yelp or people that really have right. a bad prop time with the hotel or with a certain right. restaurant are the people that's going to talk about it. People that enjoy it a lot are not, you know, sometimes don't make that effort to say anything. Just like maybe with this iTunes reviews. If you love right. our show, I'm just kidding. Solicit, please give us an hey, iTunes love review. No, hate. it's true. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But that's that's the point. It's like some, and I'm, I'm guilty of this too. I don't comment on stuff on the internet. That's I don't do true. stuff. But if people solicit, like, hey, it'll help us out of like, cool, I'll tell you how much I like it. Because most of the same people in the world don't feel the, <laughs> the inescapable urge to just like vent their opinion on the internet. Mm-hmm. They're just like, yeah, it's fine. Whatever. And you don't care about the irrational people. You care about the sane people and the cool people, what they think of it, because that's your audience. So yeah. make sure you make create some kind of community or some kind of feedback system where you're feeling like you're, you're creating a safe place for them to tell you what's wrong, because those people might have constructive criticism. Yeah, yeah I, I really agree with that. Just give, give them that opportunity, because if they, like you said, if they did like it, they'll probably answer, because like, I'm with you, man. I don't go out of the way, but if like a restaurant or something sent, that I really like sent me a survey, I, like, I'll actually open it and go, oh, yeah, yeah but I do think you guys are good. Exactly. Keep it up. Don't change, because I'm, you know. But I you don't go to Yelp much. immediately when you leave there. That meal was pretty great. Yeah, yeah you know, you're I just like, like taking <laughs> selfies with the shit. Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. I don't do that. People's like, look at this roach in my soup. Yeah, I kind of want to know that, actually. Well, yeah, that's, again, that's all trends. We're looking for trends. We're not looking for anecdotal evidence. All right. That was a long version. We vented a little bit more than we thought we would, but that was all about... My bad. Yeah, you talked about Pokemon a lot, but... I'm sorry. And all your clients. That was about uh, (laughs) criticism... Player outrage and handling criticism. But we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we'll have Rapid Fire Roundup. Pew, 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 pew. (laughs) Okay, 
now it's time for rapid fire roundup. Uh, the first story I have. Have you guys heard of this Lost Soul aside game? Yeah. No, I'm not. I've heard Tell about me. That. <laughs> <Yo>. <laughs> hey, guys, have you heard about this? You've seen you this? you heard about this? Game this guy knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> it's, a, it's a game. It's kind of like Ninja Guidance, like Final Fantasy, Devil May Cry. It, they have a trailer online. They, again, this story got picked up this week. A bunch of people picked it up. But it's a, it's a project made by one person. Yeah. And if you look at this... You're like, yeah, okay, one person, whatever. But usually that's like a like my game. Like, it's an endless runner. This game looks like it looks like Ninja Gaiden. Yeah. Or really Gaiden does. or whatever the hell. It looks like Devil May Cry. Gaiden, yeah. Uh, shut up. Shut up. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> it's it's incredibly impressive. You would look at this and say, this took at least 30 people to make this game. I wonder so, how long. But how long when, you, when you say like one person, I didn't read too much into it. I remember someone shared it on the indie developer group and Facebook. But is it one person like, all across like his trailer his animations is it all him or is it outsourced some things so he i mean it says it's a one-man project it's one man eh. supposedly he's working on well, yeah, well see the, the, yeah I, f- I feel like i need some qualification to that because you know like <clears throat> there's one man is ceo of sony you know but it's like there's a bunch of other people get, that's a bad example that was but, a horrible you know example. It, it was it really was i'm sorry for that but, we get your but i mean it's yeah, it's it's still like you know one man, but did he go to the asset store and buy a bunch of these assets? Did he you know? Because at that point, it's like you guys are horrible. You're just tearing them apart immediately. No, well, I, because <laughs> I feel kidding. like it's just yeah. You know what I mean? It's like it feels like the sales point, which you get more power to him. It's getting impressed, mm-hmm. but you know. Well, again, it's only a trailer too. So I mean, he could have just animated this oh, entire well, trailer. Then it's so. probably all That's bullshit. True. But even but, like I mean, the gameplay, oh, when wow. you see the gameplay and see the combat, but that could have been a trailer. That could have been animated. So you never know. But I I, I think I believe him. I think I'm believe it too. Um, I, uh, I'm a, I'm side a with the dev. Side with the dev. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, like apparently Sony and Epic have both reached out to him too. Hmm. Like to, they're interested in it. So yeah, it could be cool. Interesting. He's from uh, South Korea. So he's from Seoul. So that could be an int- It's an Unreal 4 engine game. So mm-hmm. nice. it looks nice. I, just check it out. If you haven't, you make your own decisions. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not going to get into this, but that's fine. No, it's <laughs> like honestly, like I I don't know a lot about it, but I mean, you hate just, it. I, I, just admit it. You no, hate I don't it. hate it. It's just like every time I hear it, it's a one man show. I'm like, uh, uh, I don't know. I find that hard to believe a lot of the time. Just because there's probably some peripheral thing he's done, like some outsourced thing that right. Yeah. Anyway, he's using awesome. a game engine. Other people made that. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, take that. Epic Games is behind you. You oh. suck then now. Yeah, yeah. This is awesome. You should have made your own. Don't get me wrong. This is awesome. Yeah. All right. The next thing I want to talk about real quick, I'm going to skip this, is that Alexa, Amazon has the, uh, it, it's called Alexa, right? The little weird device they have, the yeah, cylinder. And I thought it was the Echo. No, no, no. It's Alexa now. They changed. Oh, okay. They changed the name, okay. and it's like a um, weird. That's their version of Siri, but it's like a Bluetooth speaker, basically. But it has their Alexa built in. You can ask it how to make this, or look up the directions, and you can order pizza and all these different things. And apparently, this year, what was it? They made what was the Batman game they made this year? Somebody made Eduardo the Wayne. The Wayne. Um, what was it the Wayne Investigation? Okay, so it's like it was a total like a choose your own adventure, but totally voice based choose your own adventure game for Alexa. So that's like playing a game with Siri or whatever, hey Google or whatever it is in Android, but 
just saying, I want to go here. And it just does that and it reads you what's happening next. They, that sounds fun. Yeah, so now they released a tool and like the SDK and stuff they built that with. So you can make voice-based games on Alexa now, which I think it's kind of neat. I've never even thought of voice-based you know, choose your own adventure game. So that's a, it's a new, and why this is cool is because they also, Alexa is not just on the Alexa or the little device that it's also on. They're putting it on those Amazon fires and the TV and the stuff that play games on your television. So there might be cool integration with that stuff. If you're playing an actual game with a controller in the future. I wonder if those people thought about just going over to the Xbox with the connect. Cause I mean, that could be cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, actually, I mean, I guess that is a kind of a selling point for Amazon, or it helps Amazon because now you can put pitch to a developer. Yeah, you can do it for our system, which we want you to do. But yeah, well, I don't know. Maybe you're like splitting your market share there too, because it's like, well, and if you could also sell it on Xbox or something right. like that. But you know, I don't know. But anyways, it's a really cool idea. Yeah. Because um, I saw a trailer in the Wayne Investigation, and it plays like the sound of the scene and everything. You just don't see anything. You have to imagine it. Yeah. That's pretty good. It's like D and D. It's like a procedural D and D kind of thing, which is pretty cool. That'd be fun. All right, inside a rapid fire roundup, it's time for the weekly VR corner. <laughs> the Dorado. Dorado VR <laughs> What's your VR start this week? <laughs> <laughs> this um this time um Samsung is announcing the new Gear VR. Um, so it's not like Gear VR two point zero. Um. It just have a couple of changes. Um, wider uh, field of view. Before it was 96 degrees. Now it's uh, 101 degree. Um, it also has a new uh, USB port C. Is that... Um, how is it called? USB type C. That's it. Um, because now they want to integrate it with the new... Um, Samsung yeah. Galaxy Note 7, yeah, right. yeah, which has that port. And another, oh, they changed the color of the of the Gear VR because people were complaining that um, um, it was interfering it was with the with the immersion because of the white color. I was about to say, why did they even care about the color if they're in the VR? It's like, okay, yeah, I guess it. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't yeah. even think about that. Yeah. Yeah. So check it out, and. Um, we hope it's um, a lot better than the than the previous one. Cool. All right. Let's wrap fire round so that stories. Pew 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 pew. pew. <laughs> <laughs> and now it's time for game of the week. Game of the week. All right. Tonight's game of the week is a very old game. It's like five six years old <laughs> it's red dead redemption and this only came up because one it it became backwards compatible on the x-bone recently xbox one and also two it be, because it became compatible we started talking to people about it and they're like well i've never played that game and that's a travesty what? Right, Ryan? yeah that is that is sinful you sinful did, you mentioned that it's one of your top five games of all time yeah, I mean, it's just I, I think it's a really amazing game. Like the uh, the single player and the multiplayer, and just they got the sort of old west feel down really well. Like, um, I recently just started playing the single player again, again because it's you know Xbox One backwards compatibility, so I don't have to drag out the 360 and do all that jazz anymore. But um, I mean, you know, it's it's not as visually you know complex as you know a lot of the Xbox One games, but it still holds up and. I think riding around in the prairie like that, you know, going on all these missions, 
is still a lot of fun and it looks cool like when the sunsets happen out there and all the wildlife i mean it's neat and also the multiplayer like i was just saying is um is a lot of fun too because you can get in there with your buddies you can go take on gangs like have shootouts run these little scenarios i mean i thought they did a really good job and there's and it's you know it's out now and it, like like i had it for uh again i said 360 um but i got like all the dlc for free except i already had bought the undead nightmare and i don't think the undead nightmare is free but that's i mean they too. gave you yeah i mean that this was awesome they pretty much gave you game of the year for free and, you know and that was like maybe three or four different add-ons and that was you know that wasn't just cosmetics that was actually like you know functionality in guns or extra quests or game modes and multiplayer so so i i played like i guess a game like this gun for xbox is it is it like that game i have never played guns so i don't know like what was gun like because this is like, it's like this it's big wide open uh terrain you you take your horse and you ride from one town to the next and you you have to hunt and you like, it's like that but it's good and, yeah that's probably <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's good. Yeah. i don't i didn't uh, yeah. i'm sorry i didn't well oh you know what and a big re- a big thing i love about this game is the ending not going to give away anything here at all but yeah it has actually one of the best endings ever of a game yeah it's 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 kind of got even two endings it actually has the most ingenious uh in an open world game, how do you end it and let people keep continuing the world? That ha- it might be my number one solution for that. Wait, I thought you said you didn't game. play this game. I played this game. Oh, Zach okay. didn't play this game. Yeah, Zach I did not play yeah. this game. Yeah, this game's amazing, yeah. and it also has like amazing. You'd love it, Obina, because you know you're. A music I, fan. I played it. We I played to- it at Walmart when it came. out. <laughs> <laughs> they actually they do a weird thing where they actually use uh, just like non diegetic music, like just like uh, popular like Ho- Jose Gonzalez. I don't know if you've heard of him. <laughs> But there's a part. There's different parts of this game. You're like in the Texas, then you move to Mexico. But they just mm-hmm. play like a a song with vocals. It's just like a contemporary song mm-hmm. while you're riding there, and it's the weird. It feels like a movie. It's amazing. It's awesome. That's yeah. Cool. So it feels like a spaghetti western. You yeah. Know? It's 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 really cool. Yeah. You guys would like it. So check it out if you're youngin and you haven't checked. It. This game was in like 2008. Why aren't we talking about that? Like it's an old game. Yeah. Okay. Cool. It's wonderful. Check it out. Do it. Oh, right. yeah. did, we, did we mention the bump it got in sales? Like yeah, the, it bumped to like from fifteen forty four to twenty six on Amazon, right? Like, yeah, like in like yeah sales, like yeah, that, like in the sales rankings, it like all of a sudden overnight, it just everyone was like, oh yeah, I I want to try that now. Maybe I missed that. So, so check it out. Do it. Yeah. All right, Abina. What's the debug lounge? The debug lounge is our brand new show. Uh, it, YouTube series that's already published two two episodes so far. We're looking to get our third one out, hopefully this weekend, next weekend. By the time you hear this, you'll probably be out. Um, but anyway, it's just a brand new show where we talk about develop talk to developers about their games, about their projects, about their experiences and growths as uh, game developers. Uh, so no matter where you are in your game development career, whether you're just getting started, whether you're just you know opening up Unity or Unreal or a game maker, whatever it is. Uh, or just starting to learn how to program in C sharp, or you're just fully established and you're on your fifth title. We want to hear from you. So wherever you are in your how game are, dev, how career, are you successful? Right. <laughs> we want to learn the secrets. I got you <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Give us the secrets. <laughs> uh, but yeah, just oh, we definitely want to hear more from you guys. So just give us an email or shout out, send us an email at thedebuglog at gmail dot com because uh, we really want to hear from you guys, get you on the show, and talk to you. Um, so yeah oh yeah and to get in another way to get in on the action um is to join our facebook group which is also called the debug lounge 
Um, and to do that, you can send us uh, again an email at thedebuglog at gmail.com or go to our website at thedebuglog.com and sign up for our newsletter, which is in the sidebar. And then Eduardo would invite you to our group. Or you just go on Facebook and search for The Debug Lounge and we will accept you and invite you in to the folds. Unless we don't like you. Oh, oh, Jesus. <laughs> we like everybody. Damn, I'm just kidding. Damn. I'm just kidding. I do do occasional checks on their Facebook pages before you they... do. <laughs> <laughs> All, right. All right. So, yeah, before we say um, goodbye, uh, I want to mention that the debug log is in Patreon now. Um, so it's in patreon.com slash the debug log if you want to support our podcast and um, help us out. Today is, is a really special day because we received the first uh, donation from Gregory. Woo-hoo! It doesn't say the, the last name. so. Uh, but thank you. Thank you very much. Really, we really appreciate it. And um, we spend it wisely. We're in the black, guys. No, <laughs> not yet, actually. We're not. <laughs> Still, but it's good. Yeah. And we're, I, stay tuned to that channel because we're going to add more fun like uh, tiers to that where we have oh, game nights and hangouts mention. and all that stuff. Go ahead. Oh, uh, our uh, debug league. We're going to start up our uh, Facebook, or not Facebook, but our uh, fantasy football league. Fantasy football. Um, so if you are in, we're going to email you all anyway, the people that were in last year. But if you are excited and want to join our Facebook, or dang it, our fantasy football <laughs> fantasy league. Fantasy football. Thanks. Yes. Email us Let's again at thedebuglog at gmail.com and we will get you invited. Uh, so I might post something on the group just to see how many people are interested and then we. I don't know how we'll do that with multiple leagues or something, but we can figure it out. Yeah, we'll see what the response looks like. Yeah. <laughs> Bean and I are the only ones in it. <laughs> we like it, but we, I don't know. Somebody reactivated we, my We came account, in first so. and second place. Last I didn't come in second. That's no, true. You no. lost. You sucked. I was like fourth. So, anyways. Loser. It's okay. Eduardo almost crushed you all. No, he's not. No. No. Halfway through the season, dude. Anyways, in the meantime, <laughs> you can catch me on Twitter. I'm at Andrew underscore Curry. That's C-U-R-R-I-E. And I am at O-Beans. That's O with an H. Beans with a Z. I'm at R-E Kilgore. K-I-L-L-G-O-R-E. And I'm at Eduardo CF 1989. Cool. All right. And we will right. see you next time. Peace. Bye-bye. Bye now. Check. All right. <clears throat> You're getting better. You're not making so weird noises. <laughs> talking to Ryan? No, I'm talking to you. Weird Before noises. you were like, check, check, I'm, one, I'm two, three, hurry, and all that. Yeah, <laughs> I can do it if you want me to. He Did will be having a moment. Just cut out every time I there talk. There you go. Here's some more Pokemon news. Yeah. <laughs> Don't put Pokemon. Yeah, in. we need to stop, stop talking Get that out of here. Pokemon. <laughs> we already, we already said that. We said that in the show. Oh, yeah. All right. Fine.
<laughs> we'll say this three stories. Watch real him quick. find another one. <laughs> hold on, hold on. <laughs> no stop. All right, ready? Yeah. No, this will be, be quick. I got a story. You can add a story if you want to. You can talk about it. Just add one. No, it's all right. I don't want to do it anymore. <laughs> 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 he said that so dejectedly. Exactly. I feel so bad. Yeah. <laughs> we censored him, guys. <laughs> no, mind. it's it's a dumb story. Go ahead. That should be on outtakes. 